You are listening to Beyond the Score, insights and tips to help you move forward in your music career, by Millicent Stevenson. Hi, I'm Millicent Stevenson, and today I want to talk about the audio file you'll be putting in your press kit. Did you know that sometimes they ask for your music before they ask for the rest of your press kit? So, what should you send as your killer track before you send your press kit? Number one, send your best work. Now, as musos, we struggle to find our best work because our best is never good enough. (laughs) But, you know, we have to operate the good enough principle. A recording that you send is a snapshot in time of how you played then, not how you play right now. And you just got to send the best thing you have, which demonstrates what you do. If you're not happy with what you have, then go into the studio and lay something down. That could be time and money. And remember, in your press kit, you're going to be sending your bio and your video and all other things. Your audio file will be just good enough. Number two, make sure that your killer track demonstrates your versatility, how you master the music, how you develop your craft, how you handle that song is really, really important. And versatility can be across genres as well. If you um, perform different genres, then you need to send recordings that show that. Um, Good question. How many recordings do you need to send? Just three recordings is enough because all they're going to really do is listen to the first 10, 15 seconds, maybe the first five seconds. If the intro grabs them, they're listening on. If it doesn't, they're not going to listen to any more. So three tracks is about right just to show, you know, each of the styles that you can do or the fusions that you do. I wouldn't lose much sleep over it because in your bio, you'll be writing up the genres you do, but just send those three that you're really proud of. Number three. Studio quality. The recording needs to be at studio quality. Again, this comes down to your budget. Um, If you're recording artists, you might have something in the bag that you can pull out and use. Not a problem. But if you haven't really done any recording, what you can do is do a demo recording. Um, Demo recordings are a lot cheaper. If you let the studio know that's what you want, then they're going to book a time with you, make sure the mics are all set up nicely, record what it is you want recording. And then they'll just do really a rough mix. The rough mix is really about making sure, for example, if you're a vocalist, that they position your voice at the right position and distance away from the music. You know, they might put the keyboard sound coming through one speaker, the guitar through the other speaker, sort of pan it left, right. They're not going to spend hours and hours as they would do on trying to get it right if it was for an album, say, or an EP or something. This is just something that you can use that's listenable, that's got some finesse about it that your client can listen to and go, yeah, that's kind of pleasing. I like the way that is. Now, let me just add a little something here. If you can't afford to do um, book a studio, you might have a mate who has studio um, equipment at their home and are willing to do your demo and the, the work might be okay. That's something to look into. Uh, what I would say is do not record it on your phone and send it in. Um, I know phones can launch rockets these days, but 
the quality of the phone trying to pick up drum, key, sax, voice and everything doesn't work. It filters out a lot of the frequencies, so you're not going to get that quality. And of course, another option could be to do a live recording of your performance and just take the audio off that and use it. That can work if you've got a sound engineer who knows what they're doing and that sound engineer has all the hardware, software and all the other equipment that goes with it to record live, to record every single instrument, including audience if you want that, and then do the mixing afterwards. It's quite a costly way to go if you just want a demo. But if you're using it to do, say, an album as well, then maybe that's a way to go to just lift off a couple of tracks for your press kit. Number four, if they ask you to send your music as a CD um, rather than sending it over the Internet, then when you're burning your blank CD, that's assuming you've got all the music in place. When you're burning a blank CD, don't forget to label the CD. I've been in different situations where I hear clients saying, and they didn't put their name on it, and they didn't put a phone number in it. I don't know who this is. So it's important that you have that information, website, phone number, email, your name, band name, and that it is a demo. And of course, you know, the name of the tracks can be fitted on there. You might have software on your computer that can actually burn the CD cover for you. That's another way to go. Number five, if you are sending it electronically, however, um, don't send a WAV file. The WAV file is very large, takes up a lot of space. So don't send it that way. Um, we will look at how to send the press kit probably in another um, episode, but certainly for your audio file, go for MP3s. Takes up a lot less space. And if someone is doing the MP3 for you, you can actually ask them, provided you give them the artwork, to insert a thumbnail in the MP3, which will have a picture of the band or yourself or the group. Um, yeah, just to have the band name and the title of the track in there as well. Um, things like your contact details, you can just stick in the bio. Number six, if you are an original artist or write some of your music, please make sure you've copyrighted your music. And you can look back in the previous episode where I actually speak about copyright. Um, make sure you, it's coded right. You've registered it with PRS and PPL. The thing is, you just never know where your track may end up. You know, sometimes a client has a friend who's a friend who has a radio station and they look at some music and they decide to play it. And if your track's registered up right, then hopefully you could get some royalties from that. Number seven really really key when they've listened to your audio and especially if you've done it in a studio which is a little bit manufactured you know you've got a chance to go over and make corrections and things like that make sure that when you're doing your live work you can still play that track at the standard you recorded it at or beyond i remember uh, recording my first ep and my song, It's All Good, has a little section in there, which is a little borrow from Charlie Parker. And I really love this lick. And it took me forever to fit it in in the studio, to actually practice it in the studio and get it in. But I got it in. And then when it came to live work, I have to deliver that. I realised, OK. <laughs> so I had to spend a, a little bit more time practising just to get my fingers around that to deliver it. And of course... I did deliver it, but it's the, the other side of studio recording. You know, we can do a lot in the studio. We can layer voices and we can get all different sounds going. But when it comes to live work, how do you replicate that? 
And that's something you need to think about. So if you are sending in an audio file with lots of instrumentation going on, do think about how it's going to translate into live work because the client may well be expecting that. So there are ways around that. Obviously, you can have a pre-recorded um, track that you run alongside your live work and it fills in. Um, that's a whole nother discussion. But the key thing is your performance has got to be the same or better than your recording. Okay, I think that's it. And by the way, if you're going across to get my free booklet revealed, 25 Secrets of the Successful Gigging Musician, Singer, Rapper and Spoken Word Artist, that's fantastic. Uh, just to let you know, over there, you will need to leave your name and your email. That's only because I want to keep in contact with you and share some even more cool stuff to help you with your music. So if you're interested in the booklet, click the link in the show notes and I'll see you over there. Okay then, bye for now. If you've enjoyed listening to today's episode, you might be interested to know that Millicent has written a groundbreaking booklet called Revealed. 25 Secrets of the Successful Gigging Musician, Singer, Rapper, and Spoken Word Artist. You can get your free copy today by clicking on the link below or by visiting her website, millicentstevenson.com. Millicent is an award-winning saxophonist, founder and creative director of Kefemni. She is currently serving on the Midlands Regional Committee of the Musicians Union and also the Equality Subcommittee. She is an endorser of Harry Hartman's Fiber Reads.